You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. Sermon of the uh, title. Sermon of the title. I did that. Uh, I did that Friday night. I was trying to tell the guys to remember Valentine's Day, and I said, "Don't re- remember, guys, to forget." How did I say it? Don't remember to forget Valentine's Day. Don't forget to remember Valentine's Day. Is that right? Okay, good. So let's do that. This is the month in America that we remember all of the contributions that African Americans have made to our society. Amen. Amen. And this, you know, it's a long story. Um, there's been very little fairness in the story of African Americans. It's been so much injustice. And today we're in a very strange political climate. But I can't imagine growing up in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and trying to raise my hand and speak for justice. And so it is a man like Martin Luther King Jr. that so inspires us today, not just because of his um, desire for justice, but to be very well educated, to be a great speaker, and have a real heart for people and change. And I think this really sort of fits in to our overall theme this month of wellness. You know, where you're at in your spiritual wellness, in your physical wellness, in your relational wellness, uh, Derek, thank you very much, in your financial wellness, um, is wherever you're at. Wherever you're at is wherever you're at. If your goal is $100 and you have $1, that's where you're at. You're at $1. But I love this kind of thought because it's all about process. And I think that's so much what our spirituality is supposed to be about. Not just, our spirituality is not a quick fix. I say a prayer and I'm all better and I feel, and I just feel better. I read my Bible, I check something off, I did what I was supposed to do. I went to church, now I don't have to feel guilty and I can go home and live my life. No, it's not supposed to look like that. So wherever we are, we are. But you want to get to the finish line, amen? And the ultimate finish line is heaven. But you were created for a reason. We're designed, built to do more than just survive and get by. It's great being older, amen? Thank you, thank you. I got no amens from the college students, thank you. Because we've tasted disappointment. And we've tasted, had a couple doses, servings of failure. And we've gone through some broken relationships. We know some pain. We know some hurts. 
And now our spirituality, now our faith, has real value in it. I think as a college student, I treated faith a little bit like, I don't know, magic wand. I just want to go do stuff, and i got faith, and so I'm just like launching myself. And that's not bad at all. We did some really cool things. But now as an older man, and I've had some failures, and some defeats, and some disappointments, my prayers are really different today. My Christian experience is really different today. I desire to go to heaven, amen? But I also desire to live a life and put these pieces back together that God designed for me. What are your talents? What are your gifts? I'm just going to leave that alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of your new dreams? It's hard when you've had dreams broken to dream again. It's hard when you've had relationships broken to trust again. It's hard when you've been frustrated to be optimistic, right? This is why the cliche, grumpy old man, grouchy old man, is so applicable. That's just where we go. Life's like a drain, and that's where it sort of leads us to, unless we've got, I think, a real faith, a real spirituality. So wherever you are, keep on going, amen? And if you can't fly, then run. And if you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Amen? Amen? Um, So let me just say quickly, we've done three sermons uh, a month on spiritual wellness. Our first sermon was about battling darkness. We talked a little bit about demons. We talked a little bit about addiction. We talked a little bit about... um, You know, who we are and trying to make change in our life and taking responsibility for our spiritual health. Ken followed up and did a great sermon on the body as a temple and how we're built and designed to worship and please God and be in relationship with others. And last week, you can remember, of course, uh, Chaz did spiritual disciplines. And we did our Friday night group and we did a whole thing on... We had a great discussion. We had a whole thing on habits and what are our habits and what are our routines it was great it made me think a lot about the teens um because our teens so often are in sort of this why life's so boring i just go to school every day and i well i eat cereal and then i go to school and nothing really happens and then i go home and my mom says how was school and i say great, and then I do the same thing tomorrow, the next day. And so, yeah, spiritual routines, habits, they can, they can suffocate us. And so there's this great balance of having great routine, but having freshness and newness and unlearning some old things. Uh, a little bit older people. It's hard to unlearn some old things and breathe some fresh life into us. But the Bible, the Bible is a thing that we can trust on wellness and spirituality. And just listen to a couple of these passages. So whether you eat or drink, and every day we eat and drink. Whatever you do, and every day we do something, you do it all for the glory of God. And I've been a Christian a long time. I can't say that's always true. That's I you know, we all get into I'm just repeating habits and patterns. Some are good and some are bad. Whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. All right? Don't get drunk on wine. Some of us 
got to be listening to this passage, amen? <laughs> Which leads to debauchery. Oh, I, love good. I love this. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Christian, you've been in the church five years. When's the last time you felt filled with the Spirit? College students, many of you have grown up in the church. Some of you have, some of you haven't. When's the last time you felt filled with the Spirit? What is even that experience? Some of you don't even know what that experience is. Filled with the Spirit. We can fill ourselves up with food. We can fill ourselves up with drink. We can fill ourselves up with media. Filled with the Spirit. It's a different thing. We all need that. That's what we're supposed to be experiencing. Last one. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them in your heart. Right? Spiritual wellness. They are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. What a great passage. I'm going to pause here. Well, let me read this. Spiritual wellness isn't about self-help. We're not trying to do self-help, just be happy. You can have a piece of cake today and you'll be happy. Or you can buy something and you'll be happy. Or you can watch a funny video. Somebody sent me a meme and a video and it's funny. Yeah, any fool can be happy. It takes a man with real heart to make beauty out of the stuff that makes us weep. I think that's real spirituality. I think that's what we're talking about. At this time, I think there's a good friend of mine, I know there's a good friend of mine, who I think's got some great stuff to share about this. Been through some hardship, been through some hard times. And he's never shared this before in the church, and it takes a lot of courage to do this. And so I want to have Tim Priestley come on up and share a little bit about his experience this past year. Tim's a great friend. I really love him. And um, I think this is going to be a real treat. All right, so, um, wow, that's loud. My name is Tim. Uh, many of you know me. Uh, some of you may not, so that's about to change. Um, this past week, I went in to have uh, the first surgical procedure of my life, right? So it's the colonoscopy. I won't go into any, any details if you don't know what that is, right? Other than they stick this tube with a camera on it in a hole in your body. I won't say where that is, but it's just not on the front or the sides of your body. Okay? <laughs> I got it done. And uh, apparently you get prescribed this procedure if you fit into a risk category for colon cancer. And uh, apparently just being old qualifies as a risk. So this week, I came face-to-face -face with my mortality. Um, I'm getting older. But the funny thing is, most of my life, I've felt always very young. I've always believed that your oldness or youth is a matter of attitude, right, rather than the number of years. Um, however, these past three, four, or five years have given me a new perspective on that idea. 
I have felt that I have aged. I've gone to kind of this another level. I've uh, I've felt old. So um, years ago, if you would have saw me at church, uh, you would probably have seen me leading singing, uh, or sharing up front, or or even preaching. Sometimes I always sat in the front row, like with my wife. Uh, if there were any leadership meetings or shepherding groups or marriage dynamics facilitator meetings, you would find me there. Uh, many would say I was hyperactive or hyper-involved in the church, and I liked it. And I believe it was that was a good thing. Uh, it was part of my identity. But then this church that I was a part of back then went through something of a crisis and uh, involved leaders and volunteers getting frustrated with the system and there was a lot of tension there was conflict there were meetings gosh there were lots of meetings <laughs> and uh, in in some ways it was devastating because this was the church that I had been a part of here in LA for 15 years I felt I had poured myself into this community sacrificed persevered Served on a number of levels, but um, but I felt I was able to continue here because I thought I'm together with my wife in this. So finally, this crisis involved like this large exodus of people away from the community, and many of those people were my friends. It was really my my support system. But as Back then, I didn't really see myself as a very needy person. Uh, the, this support system that was suddenly missing, it wasn't as, as big of a deal for me at the time. I felt like I could make it. I felt, my word back then was I was self-differentiated. Um, that was at least my thinking at the point. But then my marriage started unraveling. Um, it felt surprising, shocking really, that... Um, there was suddenly a totally new dynamic in my marriage after 17 years. Um, I don't think I nor my wife really knew how to adjust. Um, no matter how hard I tried, it seemed like we were just spiraling downward into this irreversible collapse. So I stopped leading. I stopped singing. I stopped sitting on the front row. I uh, stopped being involved and engaged. Uh, so um, there's a process of working through things with a therapist, and but we then got to a point where um, realized our marriage was lost. We were headed for divorce. Uh, and suddenly I went from feeling like I was the center of action to the outer fringe, from the first row to the last row, um, from being the most involved to the least, from finding all my identity here to being totally lost. I felt like a ghost in my own church. So all these new powerful emotions just swirled around me. Life got like really messy, as you can imagine. I felt this sense of rejection uh, from, you know, 
my spouse, as is normal, but also from the church. Like, there's this divorce, but there's also people around that say, you feel they say, we don't do that here. We are about healthy relationships, healed marriages. And so I felt like I didn't, didn't belong. Um, there was a deep sense of loss and grief. Anytime you lose something this big, there are all sorts of other connected things that you lose. Uh, you lose one significant person, you lose the relationship, but you actually lose a whole system of connected relationships. You, your memories get reframed. You lose the dreams and the ideas of the future. It alters your relationships. You lose identity. And for me, I felt a deep loss of just this, a family unit, a loss of my dream for raising my children the way I was raised. I felt a loss of this church that I had poured myself out for all my life. I felt the loss of respect and value. I was anger. I was mad at getting pushed aside and forgotten and not cared for. I felt lost. I felt confused. Like, what is going on? I don't know what to do anymore. I don't know where to go anymore. I don't know how to be anymore. I was just totally disoriented. Um, And then there was the loneliness. I just sat in my house alone. It was no longer a home. It It used to be filled with laughter and tears and family dinners and shared TV shows and the joys of all the new stages of life. Um, It used to be filled with people we loved, having lively discussions and sharing meals together. But now there was just silence. There was just emptiness. There was just my microwaved burrito in front of a rerun of Law & Order. It was utter loneliness. So in the Gospel of Luke... There's a story about uh, Jesus and his friend John the Baptist. And John is doubting. He's in prison and, and he's starting to doubt, are you really the guy anymore? And so he sends a couple of his disciples, go ask, are you the guy to Jesus? And so these, these men come up and they, they ask Jesus, uh, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect another? And it says in Luke seven twenty three, at that time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses and evil spirits and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was going to people who were on the fringe. The lepers who were untouchable, He touched. Those who were blind and deaf and crippled and bleeding, He healed. The tax collectors who were despised and shunned, He had dinner with them. He partied with them. The prostitutes who were on the fringe of society, they felt comfortable in His presence and going to Him. Jesus came to the last, to the least, to the lost. He didn't bring them back into some core group. He didn't bring them into His big mansion. Instead, He stayed right there with them. 
He said, I am here with you on the fringe. He gave them awareness that God was there, that love was there, that grace met them right there. God was on their side. They belonged. So through this experience, I embraced the darkness. This, there's a um, 16th century Catholic mystic and poet called St. John of the Cross. And he described this term he called the dark night of the soul. It describes a life crisis so dark that it swallows all the life and hope in your life. The idea is that with these times that are so oppressive, they're time of deep growth and they become transformative. And uh, you become a different person on the other side. So when it came down to it, the ways that I had been seeing, that I had been raised seeing God and the church and the world just didn't fit anymore, it was time for me to expand, to evolve even. So I'm still healing today. I'm still trying to move forward, but from a wholly new perspective. I see my church community as a place that goes through cyclical seasons like any other organization, health and unhealth, but people that love. I look at my marriage of 18 years as one of the greatest gifts I ever received in my life. And I was honored to go through it. I was honored to have it. I was honored to be married. But similarly, I now see my divorce as one of the greatest gifts I've received. And I was honored to have gone through that journey. I think of what my life might have been had things worked out. I was still married. And I tend to think I might be happier or more successful or more functional within leadership, more able to serve my kids being raised in the same kind of family experience the way I was. And then I think of my life now and the way I'm able to see. If I could go back and choose, this is the path I would select. This is my journey. Jesus met me on the fringe, right there in the back row, when I was last and least and lost. And he gave me a new understanding of grace and belonging and vulnerability. Now I see in ways that I would never have without this journey I've been on. I have found God in a whole new way on the fringe. And it's totally transformed now how I see Him and how I see the church and how I see myself. I feel new. I feel reborn. I feel young. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Really appreciate that. Very, very grateful for uh, your friendship and... Um, just an honor to call you brother. Yeah, it is. I'm going to give us, it's hard to uh, yeah, follow up that. But I want to give us a couple of thoughts. Um, 
so we can take communion together. You know, the world, it just beats you up. Life beats you up. And so it's hard to be in the Spirit. It's hard to feel alive. And there is, um, I think, this default thing that we go into, just being numb or resigning ourselves to, this is just the way that it is. But that's never God's plan for us. And it's really dangerous when we just accept or resign ourselves to this is just the way that it is. So Paul says in Romans, never let the fire, this is a message version, never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive. Serve the Lord. And when you hope, be joyful. And when you suffer, be patient. And when you pray, be faithful. Share with God's people in need. That's a heart on fire. That's a heart that's alive. And that's what we're looking for. I want us to leave today and feel more alive. That's what Jesus does to us. That's what the Spirit does to us. That's what truth does to us. I've been studying a lot in the book of Galatians. And in this book, um, change is one of the big themes. And you're going to find in your life one of the hardest things you do is try and change. Change is so challenging. I've got a lot of thoughts and theories and ideas on this. Nature, nurture. I think you're born nature with a nature, a personality, a certain genetic coding, born in a culture. And it sets you on, you know, this course. But that's rarely really God's course for us. Nurture turns us into something else. These kids, they're born with a certain personality, and then we put them through school, and we make them comply. You know, sort of, if there's one message for young people in the world, it's, you've got sort of two choices. Comply, get in line, or be a rebel and get kicked out of everything. School, home, and everything else. But compliance isn't really a very good spiritual principle. Nobody ever said, I'm so happy today because I'm in full compliance. I just feel totally alive because nothing in my life is out of compliance. Right? That's not what we're born for. We know in Acts chapter 5, and when people, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 5, we talk about Galatians Usually, oh, Galatians, yeah, chapter 5, Acts of the Sinful Nature. Yeah, that's one of the things. When we're not spiritual, we're just going to slip into the sinful nature. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. But remember, that whole chapter, he's trying to contrast the acts of the sinful nature and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there is a real fork in the road for us. i got two choices. Acts of the sinful nature or fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. I might have missed one. But you get it. That's what God is trying to form in us. God's always trying to form in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control, kindness. And the world's always trying to kill that heart 
and put in, inside of you acts and replace it with acts of the sinful nature. Well, I try to be loving, and I, you know, Shakespeare never has a good deed gone unpunished. And I try to do something nice to my wife, and she thought, she got really suspicious of me. And that was frustrating. And so why should I try and do that anymore? Change is hard. So we sort of end up in acts of the sinful nature, or we learn fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness, general self-control. So the Galatians, here they are, and Paul says to them in chapter 4, Hey, what happened? To, what happened? What happened to you? What happened to all your joy? You used to be a happy people. Why were you happy? Because after they became Christians, they, and most of us experienced this, the whole conversion process and becoming a Christian, and usually those first weeks and months of being a Christian, feels like a lot of Holy Spirit stuff, and it's wonderful. And he goes, what happened to all your joy? What happened to all your joy? What happened to all your joy? Who cut in on you? You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? And this was true for the Greeks in Galatia. It was also true for the Jewish Christians in Galatia because they got a change too. They were taught and trained and raised to be Jewish. And one of the hardest things for them to do was to unlearn being Jewish. They couldn't unlearn being Jewish. It was just a really difficult process for them. So actually, actually the gifts of the Holy Spirit, ah, it just didn't. They wanted to be Jewish. It was terrifying for them to give up being Jewish. So look at this passage in um, Galatians chapter... Did I write 3 there? This is for sure Galatians chapter 4. That's a mistake. Can you go to Galatians chapter 4 with me? And we'll take communion after I look at a couple passages here. Yeah, there it is. I'm going to start in verse 8. It's sort of the beginning of the whole section. You get a little more context. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were... Slaves to those. Slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You know, America was, was birthed in this land of opportunity and melting pot and freedom of religion and we're going to accept all people. But racism was ter- has been terrible here. How did that happen? We had a good idea, but racism was entrenched. You learn it. It's learned in the home. It's a weak and it's a miserable principle. And Martin Luther King Jr. comes along and says, racism is bad. It's not Christian. It shouldn't be American. And we have to change it. And they killed him. hard to change. It's hard to change. We can, what are your weak principles? What are principles? You know, principles are something learned. Your family taught you something. My family taught me something. There are some good things my family taught me. My family valued education and valued sort of financial responsibility. And they're pretty fun-loving. That's some good stuff. But my family, all the men in my family are all alcoholics. So I learned when you're frustrated or you're unhappy, you drink. And that's what you do. And if the women get mad at you, that's their problem. Because all the men, that's what we do. It's hard to unlearn that. 
When you've learned that, it's hard to unlearn that. And if you've learned that your type of people is better than another type, is better than another type of people, it's hard to unlearn that. And if you've learned this is just the way it is, and this is the way it will always be, and, and, and there's no good change in it, that's weak. That's miserable. It makes us miserable. And then Jesus comes along and says, Nah, you can, you can see when you've never seen, and you can walk where you've never walked, and you can touch people that you've never touched, and you can dream things that you've never dreamed, and you can experience things in your heart that you've never experienced before. Wow, that's a heart on fire. That feels great. But look at this passage. That's really something. Why are you returning? Why are you going back? There's something else. We always want to go back. We go back to this thing, even though we know it's miserable, and it'll make us miserable. So I want you to be aware. Really be thinking about what are these principles that are inside of you? What did you learn? And why this gravity that's always trying to take us back uh, to this place? There's a gravity that's always trying to take us back to this place. I think anxiety and fear can be learned. I think depression can be learned. Uh, I think hatred is learned. You look at babies, they don't hate. Babies are awesome. Hatred is learned. He says at the bottom of this passage in uh, chapter 4, 19, if you've got your Bible, flip over there. And Paul says this is great. So he doesn't just give up on them. God never, never gives up on us. Paul says this, I am again in the pains of childbirth. Okay, moms, remember childbirth? How was that? Yeah, you remember that. You don't forget, you don't forget those days. That's a game changer. Paul says, I'm in childbirth. I feel like I'm in childbirth. It's a little weird for a man to say that. I feel like I'm in childbirth until Christ is formed in you. That's what he's really desperate for. Not a good church. Not a big church. Not a small church. Not a church that's different from that church. Because you know what I really want? I want Christ formed in you. What I really want is Jesus in you. This fruits of the Holy Spirit. I don't want you to be in the world. That's going to kill you. And there's a, one alternative. It's to be in the Spirit, to this heart on fire, this thing that, makes, that breathes life into you. It's, it's from Jesus. And I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up until we see Jesus in you. And so I try to imagine more and more Jesus in our teenagers. We've got great teenagers. Now, our goal isn't for the teenagers just to go to church a lot. Our goal is to see Jesus in you. We've got great college people. But our goal isn't just for you to go to church a lot. Sometimes it feels like that. Our goal is to see Jesus in you. We've got great adults. And our goal isn't just to you go to church a lot. Our goal is to see Jesus in you. And it takes some pain and frustration to get there. But this is what he's doing with us. And so we're going to take the bread and the cup. And I want you to just remember and be thinking, what did I learn? What do I need to unlearn? And what is Jesus, what is God trying to breathe into me? Fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. What's the one that you need? Forget yourself. Get over yourself. 
Get into the Spirit. I mean, take the bread and the cup. Let Him speak to you. And don't be afraid to be more loving, to be more gentle, to be more kind, to be more self-controlled. That's God's Holy Spirit moving inside of us until Christ is formed. What we'd like in our small groups, that first quote and this last quote, to be great discussion points for us. And we'll post them up on media for small groups. This is from C.S. Lewis, The Four Loves. Every Christian would agree that one's spiritual health is directly proportional to his or her love of God. Great conversation for us in small group. The first quote from um, Clive Barker about any fool can be happy, um, but it's being able to transform spiritually. Let that also be a great discussion for us in our small groups. At this time, let's bow our heads and we will pray for the communion. Father, I'm so grateful. I think about how you've moved in all of our lives. I'm so grateful this morning for Tim and how you've moved in his life. He's a great man. We love the whole family. And they've been through some real pain. And what a lesson for us to think about how you heal, and how you speak to us, and how you transform and change us. We take the bread and the cup. God, let your spirit be moving. I pray for every heart to be on fire. Let's throw off the world and all of its numbness. And not be afraid to learn to love and learn to be joyful and learn peace and patience and kindness and gentleness. Birth this into us. Thank you again for Jesus and his life. In his name we pray. Amen.
Listen to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.